This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Near and far, and we're thankful for the body of Christ local and also uh, global. Wonderful, wonderful thing, this uh, ability that who would have thought that we would live in a day when it's so easy to go uh, to the nations of the world. And so here we are. Welcome to those of you that are watching uh on the various media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, uh, you're going to be glad that you came. Stay tuned. And for those of you that are here today in the spirit of Christmas, uh, we've entered into the holidays. And the, <clears throat> the holidays, I believe that what Pastor Sandy was um, expressing uh, so very, very well is that Christmas... Uh, gives us, gave us the greatest gift. It's the celebration, the acknowledgement of God giving his greatest gift, which is Jesus. And Jesus simply is the hope, the greatest hope uh, of all. And so this is a season of hope, uh, of a picture of a vision, a desire that God has for us of something greater uh, than what we have or where we are or what's happening right now. And we want to uh, also acknowledge, though, that, you know, for many, many people, uh, because this is God's greatest work, uh, the Bible says that he announced it with an angelic host and that the shepherds who were waiting and watching by night uh, were witnesses of that and the announcement uh, and the announcement was glory to God in the highest and I believe that for his, for his greatest work in God with us in Jesus such a tremendous blessing. God be with you. Amen. And now we can say that God is with us. I want to ask you today, uh, do you need a, gra- uh, a greater grasp on this very central truth that God is with you? That's, that is the, the message of Christmas. We also have to recognize and realize that when God is doing something, there is that and those which oppose what God is doing. And the greatest enemy that we have is known as a liar, known as a thief, known as a murderer, uh, a deceiver. These are all descriptions of one who is the enemy. And so during this time of great hope, The message today is for those who find themselves in a position or condition of helpless and hopeless. In the book of Jeremiah 38 chapter, we're going to go there, but first we're going to pray because uh, 
we can't do anything uh, in and of ourselves. The Bible uh, declares that through Jesus. He said this, the Son can do nothing of himself except that he sees first what the Father is doing. So we need the Father's help to see what he is doing. So we're going to pray this same prayer. It's Ephesians prayer. You can never go wrong with praying this prayer. And so we're going to pray that uh, again today. It says this, I couldn't stop thanking God for you every time I prayed. I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask. I ask God the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do, grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, Endless energy and boundless strength. And all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name, no power, exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. And the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Also, we want to add to this, In Romans, the 15th chapter, 13th verse, again, another perfect prayer because it's authored by the perfect one. It says, Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. Father, we uh, don't take for granted that we have these things, so we ask for these things this day, knowing that we ask according to your will and your way, and we thank you, Lord, that our our greatest offering to you today is that we, we, we would lay any unwillingness that we have towards your assignment for our lives on the altar. And God, we thank you that you search the secret thoughts of our hearts. Any area of unwillingness, may we agree and align with what you have assigned, that we are to bring the glory of God and glory to you in Jesus' name. If you can agree, say amen. Now, in the scriptures of Jeremiah, and we'll go there, the 38th chapter, I, I won't have time to read all of it, you can do, uh, search the scriptures for yourself, those that were first called Christians in the book of Acts, search the scriptures for themselves to see if 
these things be true. And that's a, uh, a disciple, a true follower of Jesus, not only hears the words of God, but follows through. A follower must follow through. It says, you are my disciples. These are the words of Jesus. If you continue in my word. And in continuing in his word, we'll know the truth. And in knowing the truth, there is great freedom. And the kind of freedom that only God gives. The liberty that comes from the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The great revealer of the secret thoughts and intents of God's heart. Shows us clearly who the Father is and what the Father wants uh, for us. He said, for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Well, my message today, God's message is for the helpless and the hopeless. In Jeremiah 38, uh, we see that Jeremiah lived during a time his entire life and ministry were during difficult days. For his preaching could be summed up in this. His preaching was to a willful and to a stubborn generation. Surrender to the will and the way of God that looked anything but the right way to go. And there were those that opposed, but they were exposed. They twisted the truth of God's message. For God had said, hope in me. I am the true hope, the only hope of deliverance. This was the message of Jeremiah. The only hope of deliverance from your enemies and the destruction that they have planned for you. The message was the only hope is in surrendering to God's will and God's way. That was the message that the messenger, the prophet Jeremiah brought. But he was countered by the counterfeits who favored the false hope of the world that tends to trust in a man with a plan. The Bible says that it is better to put our trust in God than in princes, even in leaders that we think are the answer, and it comes all the way back down to this, folks. You know, the devil told the woman and the man as well. You know, you can do this. You don't need God. You're the man. You're the woman with the plan, and so they accused Jeremiah of making uh, the the verse of scripture we'll uh, pick up with is in verse number four. It said this in one translation. It says, he's making all the people lose hope. He's countering the messaging. It was the false media of the leadership of the day, if you will. And they're saying, we can do this. The Babylonians aren't going to take us over. After all, bad things don't happen to good people. God is with us and God is for us. And the truth of the matter is God was with those and for those that were with him and for him. But those that were opposed were being exposed. And see, this was the official message from the, 
from the officials of the day. It said they went to the king. They said, you've got to kill this guy. He's got to go. He's got to go. Get rid of God. Get rid of, get God out of here. Kill the God's messenger and stop God's message of surrender is the only hope. Surrender to God is the only hope of deliverance. And so the Bible says that the king caved in. You know, the greatest hope of the enemy is to find a king or a leader that will cave in. Now, and you'll find that this King Zedekiah is indicative of much of what we see as ultimate politician, if you will. I'm not going to get over into politics, but it was leadership and government. And the boy just could not make up his mind which way he was going to go. He... He wasn't at the place where, and he had said this, he goes, well, you, you know, if you say so, you just go ahead and do what you think is best. Well, they had said what they thought was best. They're going to kill Jeremiah that, with the intent that if we kill the messenger, then we stop God's message. So the king caved in, and we see in verse number 6, it says, it says this, well, verse 5 says, King Zedekiah caved in. If you say so, go ahead, handle it your way. You're too much. You're just too much for me. The prevailing voices of the day pressured the politician, and he just said, well, have it your way. I'm going to stay in the palace and enjoy all of my pleasures. But uh, it says that they took Jeremiah and threw him into, into the cistern of Malchijah, the king's son that was in the courtyard of the palace guard, and they lowered him down with ropes. There wasn't any water in the cistern, only mud. Jeremiah sank into the mud. They took the prophet, they threw him into a waterless well, and the Bible says that he sank into the mud. He found himself being, and I'm talking to people today, perhaps, that are in the position and condition as Jeremiah of being helpless and hopeless, but I got good news for you today. Help from above is coming. Down in verse number seven, there was a man, a court official that was assigned to the royal palace, and when he heard what had happened to Jeremiah, I'll tell you, God has people in places that you wouldn't think God would have people in. God has people that hear of your hopeless and your helpless situation. God is mindful of you when you're in a position and condition where you're, they've thrown you into a waterless well and you sink down into the mud. The, the Bible says in another place, one translation, into the quicksand at the bottom of the well. Where the more you struggle, the worse it gets, the deeper you go. But there is help from above is coming. I heard this. I had intended entirely all week long had been, the Lord had been speaking to me about, uh, hope, but in a di whole different, uh, vein. And we'll get to that when we can. But I'll tell you that the regular schedule program was interrupted this morning in my own personal time. And I saw, uh, this, uh, where the, uh, from the Lord. He gave me an image and showed me a picture and remembered Jeremiah and this help from above is coming. Oh, honey, put your hope in help from above. Now, God's going to do some things in the earth, but it's going to be help from above. Verse number seven, it says that when he, when he heard about it, he said he went to the king and 
the king was holding court, so he went to court. He went immediately from the palace to the king. He said, my master, king, these men are committing a great crime in which they're doing, throwing Jeremiah the prophet into the cistern and leaving him there to starve. He's as good as dead. There's just a scrap of bread left in the city. So the king ordered the man that had come to him. He said, get three men and pull Jeremiah the prophet out of the cistern before he dies. So this man, Ebed, got three men and went to the palace. We're not going to say his middle name, Ebed-Melech. How'd you like to have a name of Ebed, or we could say Ebed-Melech? Either one that's tough, isn't it? And we just call him Big E. Everybody say, Big E got three men and went to the palace wardrobe, and he got some scraps of old clothing. Now, that is an interesting thing to me. One translation says, he went to a room that was underneath the treasuries. Well, he went to the junk room, honey. He went to the storeroom that was underneath the treasuries of the palace. And the Bible says there he found some old rags and worn out clothing. Now, what in the world? Why would there be old rags and worn out clothing? You would think they would have already been burned. They already would have been thrown out. They already would have been not just discarded, but completely done away with. What room is there in the house for old rags and, uh, and remnants of worn out clothing? He went to a room in the palace, the palace wardrobe, and he got some scraps of old clothing. He got some old rags and worn out clothing, which it says they tied together and lowered down with ropes. And they gave Jeremiah this instruction. They said, put these old rags and worn out clothes under your arms and they'll pad the ropes So they lowered the ropes. The ropes were used to lower, remember, Jeremiah down into the well. Now the ropes and the rags were to be used to lift Jeremiah out of the well. Now, I don't know about you, but when we're talking about hope, we're talking about imagery, we're talking about God giving you a picture, we're talking about the one who was there taking you there, giving you a glimpse of the glory of God. And I should just imagine the thought struck me, and I believe it was a Holy Spirit thought, and the... Uh, and the uh, um, and the, uh, the thoughts that are established when we commit our way to follow the Lord, the Bible says, so shall your thoughts be established. And I'll tell you, I trust the Spirit of God, and I'm not taking license. I've been given license uh, to just imagine that those old rags were not just any old pieces or scraps of cloth, but... They were in the royal palace, so they were royal rags and royal worn-out clothing. And I just imagine that the reason why they were not discarded, but they were kind of tucked away, out of sight and out of mind, but they were below the treasuries, uh, the uh, under a room under the treasuries of the uh, palace, perhaps long forgotten. Now there was new treasure, there were new values, there were new measures, there was new things of the new, if you will, administration of the government of God in the land of of Israel, and uh, but I wonder, I wonder why this man who was operating in the plan of God for the purpose of God said, "Now, now, the first thing that we need to do is we need to go and we need to get some of these uh, something to help him, something that 
that what they meant to hurt him with, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to make it easier for him because he's already been lowered down. Chances are he's in a world of hurt already. So, so we're gonna, we're gonna get some rags. I know just the rags to get. We need some padding. I know just exactly what we need to work with here. And I wonder if on those old rags that there wasn't a residue on those rags, the leftovers from those who wore them before. Perhaps there was still a remnant of David's worn out linens when he danced before the Lord as a celebration dancer when he... God had taken him from being a shepherd in uh, following a few sheep and made him a shepherd, ruler, prophet, in, and leader in the land of Israel. I wonder if there was uh, some remnants of those rags that had a residue of the anointing of I will give him praise because he, no matter what it looks like, because he's the one that took me from here and brought me over there where I never thought I could have gone. I was just a hopeless and a helpless run of the litter but now look at me now I wonder if perhaps that there were some ragged battle worn battle torn ragged tattered tailorings that were the tried and the true of the things that the ones that David wore are you listening the little shepherd's uh, cloak that you would not recognize as the as the uh, uh, as the tailorings of a leader but it was the thing he wore the day he threw the stone that slew Goliath. And it was too precious. It used to be on the top room in the treasuries of God, just like the sword of Goliath, the sling, the little tattered cloth of a shepherd boy who hoped in God. Oh, I wonder if there, if there weren't, because, you know, we think that David was just a man that stood on the sidelines. No, he was a shepherd ruler, shepherd leader. He was a prophet of God who went out first, who, who engaged in the battle. I wonder if there was some enemy blood spattered and some, some enemy cut, torn tatterings of the uniform that he wore for the glory and the majesty of a mighty God. The Bible says that they found those old rags and those worn out clothes. <laughs> I can imagine eBay going, oh, this, this right here, this one right here, this doesn't look like much right here, but boy, in its day, in its day, and boy, when I touched it, when it touched me, there was, there was something that transpired, something that transcended the way that things are right now. Hope came up in me that things are going to be different and things are going to be better and there's greater than that. We're not going to see the silencing of the voice of God in the earth. Oh, I thank you. I think when he touched it, that the residue of the remnant that was on the remnant, the anointing, the anointing, the greater one, the greater one, 
the greater one. I'll tell you, I believe it energized him. And he went and he gathered up those, right? I think he touched this one or that one from, you know, there were good kings and there were bad kings. But I think that when he got on the things that had the residue on it, that had the anointing on it, the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my anointing. I'll tell you, because he was a man with a purpose and on a mission from God and directed by God, I believe God was involved. There you would find God and God has a way of quickening, doesn't he? Making things alive, things that we thought were dead, just rags and remnants. But God, when it t- when you touch them, it will touch you. And God, oh, forgive me for getting excited about this, but I'll tell you I'm excited about God. What God can do with a ragtag remnant. Oh, what God can do with a ragtag remnant that's been under for so long but is about to come out and be part of the deliverance of God. It's about to be part of the prophetic voice being raised once again in the, in the earth. The prophetic voice being delivered once again to bring and speak the deliverances of God. To declare the only hope is surrender to the will and to the way of God. Oh, it says he went and they tied those rags together and tied them up in the ropes and 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 I have to think that Jeremiah, when, when, when he looked up, see, sometimes when you're at the bottom, you've got nowhere to look but up. You can't look down. You're down as far as you can go, and you're in quicksand and going lower. So you can't look around because you're in a well with no water. You're, what is and what has been doesn't offer much hope, but he looked up. Because help was coming down from above to Jeremiah that day. I'll tell you, I believe that I'm sent by God today to tell you help is on the way and there's a hope coming down that is a supernatural intervention of God and there is a residue on anointing of an anointing on a remnant here today on these ropes of hopes that are being lowered to us, the rags and the residue anointing for a supernatural deliverance is coming to you and I today and beyond us to everyone who's under the sound of my voice. Listen, take the ropes of hope from above. Surrender to the will and the way of God that the prophets of this world and the ways of this world that you have found they've thrown you into a well with no water and it's quicksand at the bottom. You've tried it all but nothing has been able to work for you. Take the rope of hope. There still is, I have to believe in the supernatural deliverance of God. I have been supernaturally delivered by God and my hope is that when we find you, every one of you under the sound of my voice this day has some area that you have declared impossible, that the circumstances and situation, your position and your condition says there is no hope. You are helpless and you are hopeless, but I've got good news honey today. Hope in God. Be like David said, because on that rage was the same man had said, why are you so downcast, my soul? Hope you in God that you will see the power, the deliverance, the glory of God in the land of the living. You're not going to die. I'm going to come and get you, says the Lord. Oh, honey, take the ropes of hope from above and surrender to the will and the way of God because the world will tell you there's no hope for you in God. 
David said, my answer to those who say, there's no hope for him in God. He goes, God, you're my way. God, you're the only way. I surrender my will and my way to you. Put these royal rags around you. These sanctified scraps of those that hoped in God when all seemed lost and when they were in the same position or condition of helpless and hopeless. Put these rags around you. Tie this rope of hope to you and let the residue of those remnants encourage and lift your line. Oh, I've got one more, and if you can hold tight, I can't hardly stand it, but we're going to preach it anyhow. Psalms 40. Oh, when God gets ready to change things, 40 is the number of change. 40 days, 40 nights, 40, 40, 40. Psalms number 40. Here's the one that, that I believe this, that before the work came, the word came. Before the work came, the word came. Oh, you need to understand the will and the way of God. Before the work comes, the word comes. And when you believe the word, you get the work. You receive the word. Believe the word, receive the work. Believe the word, receive the work. Before the work comes, the word comes. And now listen, I believe Jeremiah's down in that position and condition of helpless and hopeless. And the only way to look is up. And God was working, and you know, it's funny, Jeremiah couldn't see it. Jeremiah couldn't see it. He could look up, but all he could see was just a little hole in the sky. Just a little hole from the hole he was in. But a little hole is big enough for God. I said a little hole is big enough for a big God to skinny shinny on through. God's working while you don't see it. You don't know it, but help is coming from above, and it's not just natural, it's supernatural. Why in the world would you go get some rags and some scraps? Because, see, there's a man in a hole, and the word came to him. What word? This word. See, because before the work of the anointing on David touched his life. The word on David touched his life. And David said this, I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked and finally he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch. I didn't crawl out of the ditch. I didn't work my way out of the ditch. Somebody else didn't. Are you listening? He lifted me out of of the ditch and pulled me up from deep mud. Don't you know that God knows where you are? Don't you know that God personally knows your name has called you by name and to the detail? You're stuck in the mud. God says, I see you. I know where you are and I know how you got there. And you got here because you believe me. But because you believed me, I'm going to do something for you that hasn't been done. I'm going to deliver you, son. He stood me up. He pulled me from the deep mud. Oh, I just sharing with my son this week. I said, I remember being in a minister's meeting and, uh, uh, 
and and we were talking. I was talking about hope being the seed of faith, and how God throws us a rope of hope. And I said, "Oh, I was in the minister's meeting uh, uh, one time, and Pastor Mike Harrison, brother, if you're listening, and if you're not, go ahead and listen. I'm gonna give you your moment of glory here." Uh, I remember being a thing, and man, he got Pentecostal excited. Some of you don't know what Pentecostal excited means. He couldn't stay sitting in his chair when he started talking. He had to start walking. And he jumped up out of his chair, and Dr. Vickers had said something that just really struck him. He said, I just want everybody here to know. He said that, he said that God, that, he said this, he said, God's a pulling on my, he said, I'm pulling on the rope. And he said, God's a pulling back. I tell you in two jerks on the rope from you, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I got everything ready. I'm hoping in you. I got the royal rags around me. I feel the anointing. I have heard the word. I know you're not going to leave me like you found me. I know I'm going to come out better than when I went in. I know in whom I have put my, have placed my hope. Amen. I told him, I said, man, he was said two jerks. He said, I'm a pulling on. <laughs> he said, I want you to know God's got my rope. He said, and I'm pulling on my rope, and God's a pulling on me. Oh, two jerks on the rope, and I'm telling you, you're coming on up out of there. If all you can do is tie it around you and hold on, give two jerks. Say, God, I'm ready to go your way, your way. I'm ready to do your will. I'm ready to surrender. There ain't no way for me but your way. Oh, he said, I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally, listen. Why? Now, why wouldn't it? Because you got to get willing, honey. You got to get completely willing. And a lot of time that we're just not willing, we think we are, but a secret sin is we're not willing to let God work his will and his way in our life. We still think we're the man or the woman with the plan. We still think somehow, some way, I can work my way out of here. Somehow some way it's all going to be alright someday but you find yourself finally helpless and hopeless that's when God looks and he finally listens because he knows the difference he knows the difference and there is a difference when you're holding out on God because when you're holding out on God the true sign of that is God's still holding out on you he's holding out until you won't withhold from him You'll surrender all. Oh, he stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God, and more and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. Let me tell you that on the other end of the supernatural deliverance for Jeremiah, who was a voice for God, who was a witness for God, who was bringing a message of hope, so the only hope is to surrender to the will and the way of God. There were people for his life. You and I are part of that prophetic message this day. You've got to win. You have to allow God to triumph. You have to allow God the victory that Jesus, when they put him in a grave and he was sent to hell and he battled three days and three nights for your deliverance. Are you listening? You have to allow him to have his full victory in the life. If you name the name of Christian, he did all of that for you. He is not a loser and you are not a loser. He will always win and you will always win. He always causes you to triumph. He never causes you to fall 
fell victim and then defeated at the feet of the devil. You will always triumph. You will always be victorious in him. Put your hope in God. Put your trust in a God who is the only hope. If you're hopeless and helpless today, hear these words. There are others that will enter into the same mystery. I thought I was a goner until God came. I thought it was all over until the one who is the beginning and the end stepped in the middle and said, not just yet, not right now, not so fast. I'm not done. Oh, I feel that down in the depths of my soul. Let me read you. Just a few of these. Thank God for modern technology. It says, he lifted, out of, he lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He pulled me from a lonely pit full of mud and mire, and he let me stand on a rock with my feet firm. He pulled me out of a dangerous pit and out of deadly quicksand. He set me safely on a rock and made me secure. Oh, we could go on and on and on and on, couldn't we, about this? But I'm telling you, I'm here today to announce God's deliverance for any and all today that God will lift you out of the miry clay. Anybody waiting and watching for help, for the help that's only from above? Any today, and Pastor Ron's going to come, that might find yourself in a world of hurt, struggling in quicksand of the world's waterless well, at the bottom of a bottomless, seemingly bottomless pit, that your life is going down, down, down. Any today feel helpless and hopeless to stop the downward spiral? I'll tell you this rope and these rags are for you today. Let me encourage you to look to Jesus. Let me encourage you to cry out to Jesus. Let's do that right now. Those of you in the house and those of you, they're out there. And if it was only for you, just as it was only for one, but you know it was for every someone that would hear his story and identify with his struggle just one man the weeping prophet one heart broken by sin the wonder crying the wickedness of the world's way 
the ones saying the ones with the plan they're offering you false hope it's not going to work they're going to get the devil's due surrender to God surrender to his will and his way that doesn't look like the world's way it seems a hopeless and helpless way because they don't believe in a God the fool has said in his heart there is no God it's foolish to hope the God you can't see. If you'll look to Jesus today and you'll cry out to Jesus and pray this simple prayer, Jesus, save me. Jesus, rescue me. Jesus, deliver me. You're my only hope. I surrender to your will and to your way for my life. You're the only way for me. You prayed that simple prayer, but it was a heartfelt prayer. Help's coming from above. Take this road. Wrap these rags, these royal rags and remnants around you. And the anointed one and his anointing will rescue and supernaturally deliver you today. I want to thank you for listening. Please let us know. We can help you in any way we're here. And we want to help. God bless you until the next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.